to worship you, Lord. To have a mind to worship you. Lord, we, we know that there are many people that don't even know how to worship you or that it's required or it's a proper thing to do when we come into the presence of a holy God we're to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting don't ever doubt that it's proper if you're upright in heart to praise the Lord so we thank you that we have that knowledge and it blesses us to know we can have that kind of relationship with you and we thank you so come in now Holy Spirit teach us your word give us instruction confidence and courage whatever we need it's found in your word and we thank you for it in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so we're talking about uh, the difference between inheritance and entitlement so we started that last week and hopefully it's uh, helping you to understand because I think it's real important to get a, a clear understanding of where your heart is and what you expect as far as what God has promised you uh, what what he expects from you um, I just think about the times perhaps that we'll walk past someone that we think you know you ever walk past somebody and think you should have said something to or you and and when you think about that it, that's a disobedience you know we always think of certain things as options for us and they're really not options they're commands but see the carnal mind has so massaged itself and massaged the soul into believing that certain things because we find it difficult or challenging are not required anymore you got me it goes for the person who uh, continues to break traffic laws and is a Christian uh, to the person who comes in the church as a fornicator and 10 years down the road they're still doing the same thing you got me it's it's all wrong and it's all it can all be excused because sometimes that entitlement mentality comes in to make us feel that certain things can be optional when they're commands. They're, they're very uh, plainly commanded by God uh, to do certain things. He tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so there are times when that's not convenient. It's times when we might be in fear about it or we might be reluctant. But if we will step out and, and obey that unction of faith, uh, then we can find that God is with us and we're blessed but if you never do that you'll never know and so there's there's a great room for us for our minds to start to be renewed to the fact that we are not an entitlement kingdom this is a kingdom of inheritance it is a kingdom of servanthood as well as friendship you know just because I'm your friend it doesn't mean I don't serve you anymore you know sometimes we get scriptures a little screwed up because we know we're here to serve God and to serve humanity my goodness what else did Jesus do he came as a humble servant and so when we we get into the mentality of well it's going to come to me anyway or I can do what I feel I'm supposed to do in God and no more you got me and not stretch your faith or uh, you don't feel like challenges are fair you know uh, everybody else gets to sit around and just be blessed and here I am still struggling you got me and so in, in, in God knows what we need he knows that his children have a tendency to slip back into that old mentality so then a challenge comes 
We, well, what did I do? To, what door did I open? <laughs> All of them. Doors number one, two, and three. You got me? And praise God, you didn't get punished for opening the wrong door, but God had mercy on you. Amen? And you survived it. And think of all the times you did run a stoplight and didn't get a ticket. You got me? Or you you didn't park in the right space that you were supposed to park in. Amen? And so we have to understand that we are not an entitlement kingdom. But we are inheritance minded and not entitlement minded. We said before that inheritance is conditional. The testator always sets the condition for the inheritance. Not the recipient. You got me? Not the legatee or whatever you call that person legally. But the person that's receiving the inheritance is not in a position to call the shots for the conditions of, of receiving it. So we have to understand that. That differs from an entitlement mentality where the entitlement person has no desire or thought to even meet any requirements. I'm just here. Bless me. You got me? I'm, I'm in the house. Give me some food or whatever. And so we're going to talk about the, the difference between the two and how that affects our relationship to the Father and how it affects even the things that, that we receive from God. God promises certain basic things to all believers. And we have a covenant of peace in God. And so whatever keeps you in peace is what he promises you. Sometimes it's food and shelter and clothing. And and those things uh, we can just accept by faith that God has given those to us. And then you are free to use your faith to receive those. You can pray and can ask God for those things and, and just have the knowledge and the knowing, the confidence inside that those things are freely given. Then there are things that are increase in value. Say for instance specific things that we desire. Say for instance you desire a career of a certain kind. And and it's going to take money and it's going to take a lot of things. And so we, we are set on a path then of making sure that conditions are met for us to inherit those things as well. But know that they are inheritance. They are pre-planned uh, they're pre-promised they're set aside all of those things you're not begging and asking God to make up his mind to give you something he hasn't decided to give you so it's a difference with, with an inheritance and sometimes what you know the old school people the people who aren't spirit filled and don't pray in tongues everything is if it be thy will they're never sure of anything so because you don't have that most holy faith and you don't have that faith confidence that you have an inheritance in God and it keeps you wondering struggling begging and we can all get into a beggar's mentality you know even though you you have gifts and abilities to expand your faith and increase your faith if you don't use them you'll be out there thinking that you're a beggar and a pauper too and so there is a big difference between the outside of the house mentality and the inside of the house mentality Mephibosheth started out as the enemy of the king not by his own making but by inheritance and so he was running from David and, and running for his life just trying to, to and I, I don't mean literal running because he was lame in his feet but it's like hey where y'all going take me too if you, if you leave it don't leave me behind and then and he lived in that mentality 
And when David came to him, he brought himself to David. He submitted himself as a servant. He let David know, I am not your enemy. I will not raise a hand against you. I'm I'm here as a humble servant of yours. And then he got elevated. See, God resists the proud. The entitled people. He resists those. He resists that mentality. He resists all of that. But he gives grace to the humble. Hey. I've seen people come in this ministry for years wanting some kind of position, you know, and, and I think they find out a woman's in charge and they automatically assume they can it's gonna be an easy takeover kind of thing. And so, you know, and they don't re- respect my gift and all this and always disgruntled and you see those people twenty years from now, if a miracle doesn't happen in their thinking they're gonna be the same way. Running from church to church, mad at everybody because some Somebody didn't let them run something they weren't qualified to run. Is that crazy or not? You don't go to to a, a business and try to take over the top spot. You you sit there and you work your way up. And so, but people don't see that as being a God way of doing things, but it is. And so this business of being entitled to something is easy to fall on God's people because we have uh, we have been redeemed out of the curse of the law. We've been redeemed out of the power of darkness. And if that understanding continues to fall on the flesh, we will get arrogant about it. We will get prideful about it. And so God designs tests to keep us in faith. To keep us humble. To keep us in a place where he can always be assured that we're in the right place so that he can bless us with an inheritance. We're not being tested because God's mean. Our faith isn't being tried because God doesn't like us and wants us to fail. It's being tried so that it can master every challenge that comes against it in life. You know, I don't know anybody who started out in bodybuilders who started out anything more than maybe overweight, too flabby, etc., etc. They they started by building small muscles, and pretty small, pretty much small muscles grew into larger ones. And so this is what it is in our walk with God. It's a walk of faith and building faith muscle and faith confidence in God through the challenges, overcoming the challenges of life to receive our inheritance. We know from from natural experience that there are inheritances that are are definitely conditional and have to be you have to have training for those things uh, <clears throat> I was watching uh, um, uh, that show uh, The Apprentice is that the one with Donald Trump the uh, where he fires somebody I, I call it the fire show because you, you know you sit there eating popcorn waiting for somebody to get fired I knew it was going to be him he wasn't pulling his weight though, you know. But uh, anyway, I would watch it off and on. But I, I watched the interaction between him and his children, and and to me, it's something commendable. You know, now I know he's messed up in his life, but who hasn't? But you can see a recovery there, on both parts, and many times when parents have made mistakes. Those mistakes will carry on to the next generation in that they won't make sure that that generation is qualified 
to receive. They'll just start passing out candy, hoping to get the guilt off of them, whatever, whatever. And but I I watched as he interacted with with uh, his children in this. They all had to go to business school. Graduate. They go to Wharton. That's a hard school. It's part of. Uh, it's over in Pennsylvania. What is it? Part of. Uh, 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 yeah, right. University of Pennsylvania is a top-notch school and a very difficult school to get to, and he he makes that a requirement before they can work in the business with him. See, the servant in the air. There's no difference between them when they're learning. So he gets those people that come off the street and want to work. Have to have the, the his kids must have the same qualifications as those individuals so that when he hands them the reins they're capable and they're not trying to slide through on daddy and you know now they know they can have anything from daddy they want but if they want the full inheritance they're going to have to qualify it's the same way in God's kingdom if we want the full inheritance from God, we must qualify. He's not Santa Claus passing out candy, folks. Why? Because he knows what we're capable of. Whenever you allow somebody who's capable to live below their ability and their potential, you have robbed them. And you're not a good parent. You're not a good leader. You're not a good anything. You've just robbed people. With an entitlement mentality. That's what we've had floating around the church for the longest time. We have this all the time in the church. This is the main thing you've got to fight as a minister. Because you'll see the potential of God's people. And God will speak to you things about people. And you'll uh, you know, hold them to a discipline. And you'll hold them to an expectation. And they'll whine. And they want to quit. And they want to do this. And get mad at people. And want to drop out. And all that kind of stuff. But you still have to hold them to it. You can't let go of the reins because they feel that it's too much for them. Same thing with parenting. Good parents will allow their children to, you know, we all want the kid to be the parent of the child winning the gold medal at the Olympics. But nobody wants to be the parent that's up at four in the morning to get the kid out at five to the rink to do two hours before they go to school and do the schoolwork too. And now for years. But we all want the reward at the end of the day. And see that's not that's not even logical. But we don't think in those terms. So we all want to have an entitlement. You know we want to do the minimum but get the maximum return. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's how people like Bernie Madoff get rich uh, uh, intelligent people to give them all their money. They want they want the reward without the the challenge and the risk and so forth. So anyway, inheritance we said is conditional. Entitlement is not. And you can you can see that from some of the teaching on on finances in the body of Christ. You know, people have been told for years all you have to do is give ten percent, and you you can be a multimillionaire. We've even had millionaire people come into churches and give seminars and so forth, and get people to make investments that haven't worked out. Uh, we're told that everybody's waiting on some great wealth transfer to happen. See, it's an entitlement thing. All you got to do is sit there and it will drop in your lap. 
And so this is not right. This is not right. You have your individual relationship with God. You have a personal covenant with a living God. If there's something that's on your plate that's slated for you, you go talk to him about it personally. You don't need somebody to come and tell you it's time to expect God to give you money. That comes as part of your inheritance. All of this God's about to. God's going to. I hear God saying this and I hear him saying that. And it just falls on everybody. Come on now folks. You either got to be in the covenant or you're outside of the covenant. You got to be in faith or outside of faith. And there are conditions on it. And does it fit in your life? That's something God promised you personally. Because you have to have a personal faith for it. Faith is what God uses to track you. You know, I did a lot of buying through uh, through online this year. And they always send you tracking information. And, you know, you can track your package. And I, I thought it's kind of amusing. I knew when it left the warehouse, when it got to some goofy place in Pennsylvania I couldn't pronounce. Or some place in Indiana I couldn't pronounce. And what time it got there, what time it left. And then they send you an email when it shows up on your door. Well, your faith is, is the, your tracking device that God knows to deliver to your door. And not some wealth transfer falling on a congregation and then the, the, the preacher can always say you missed it. <laughs> no I couldn't have missed it because I put my tracking information in. I know exactly when they, and it's, if it didn't get to my doorstep and y'all didn't notify me you didn't deliver it. Where's my stuff? And so your faith is like that. People who understand inheritance have a, 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 a unique understanding of faith. They protect their faith. They use their faith. They respect their faith because they know that faith is the key to receiving all things from God. Faith translates spiritually as righteousness. So there's nothing to stop a righteous person from receiving. Righteous is your green light. That's your go signal. Unrighteousness is a stop. It's a stop sign. And so our, our quest as believers is to always have our faith extended toward God. Amen. Because that is our righteousness. So God promises certain basic things to all believers. We said that as long as righteousness is maintained the inheritance is continuing. That's why when you get to a place where the devil starts bugging you about how long it's been that you've been believing God. You can stop him with your faith. No thanks devil. I believe in God very much and thank you very much for reminding me. I think I'll thank him for it right now and continue to be content. Amen. Continue to be content. So inheritance and the knowledge that we have an inheritance should bring great contentment to us. Because the works have ceased. When you know that, that means your works have ceased. And the only work you work is to develop your faith. Amen. So we're still in the, the hunt as long as we maintain righteousness. Now righteousness is, is a judgment that has been levied in our favor 
in God's court. So it's been levied one time. But when you step out of covenant, you step out of righteousness. You can doubt and step out. You can fear and step out. You can sin and step out. There are all kinds of ways to step out. But you can repent and step back in again. It's so easy. So easy. And people don't like this kind of teaching because it makes it sound like we're getting away with something. We're not. We're being obedient is what we're being. And if repentance turns you off, then you need to understand what God means when he talks about living a blameless life. You got me? We are holy and without blame as long as we're in covenant with God. Then Christ is dwelling in us richly by faith. Amen. So you must have faith that the Holy Ghost and Jesus don't pack up and move out because you make a mistake. You know they stay in there even though you may not be talking to them right now. You got me. They're still very much on board because the word says they will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. See forsaking you means to leave you alone on your own and try to work this thing by yourself. They will never forsake you. Amen. And so we have to be understanding of that and respectful. See, that would give you a deep respect for God. Say, my goodness, God, you you see what I just did then? I did the same thing I said I wasn't going to do anymore. And there I did it again. But you never leave me or forsake me. Help me not to do that anymore so I can feel good about what you did for me all the way. You got me? And so these things are very important for us to keep our relationship with God strong and in a strong place so in Hebrews 6.17 it says that we inherit promises through faith and patience Man, it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises of God the promises govern our lives through faith and, and are limited in, in, uh, in their value but the value always increases Amen. the value always increases as we walk with God promises are limitless God has a built in reward system for faithful people so we can't say well you know it doesn't make any difference if I'm faithful or not God's only going to give me a certain amount I don't think so. I don't think so. His his reward system is limitless. And the more he can trust you with, the happier he is. He's not grudging us anything. He wants to freely give us all things. Amen? So he will give us things according to our faithfulness. Man, that means not skipping a beat. Not looking for an easy excuse not to do certain things. You know that kind of thing. That childishness. But he's looking for us to mature into receiving our inheritance. He has a, a, a system of increasing the reward 30, 60 or 100 fold. And the kicker there is with persecution the word says. So people who don't like persecution and, and want to dodge that aspect of the covenant are probably not going to be much on the reward scale. You got me? People who, who don't mind it, who can tough it through. And, you know, I, I can remember when we started the ministry, it's like everybody 
turned against you suddenly you know you got all these people stabbing you in the back and you know preacher smile in your face and you know tell people don't go over there don't go I know people who ruin their ministry on their mouth like that you understand what I'm saying? God's not going to be, let you be a builder and a tear down at the same time. You you lose favor with God when you start trying to do that kind of stuff. You know, maligning and and uh, turning people away. People that were sent here, uh, they were told, "Don't come here because you know, because this, because that, because the other." You know, you you can preach your own funeral. You know, Norval Hayes was real strong on that. He said, "Boy, you'd rather go hang yourself than to you know get involved in those kinds of activities," because he knew very strongly how God felt about those things. And so we're here to build and not to tear down. You know, if there's tearing down to be done, there are people who know how to do that in the spirit, but you don't uh, poison somebody against someone thinking you're serving God. Paul did that, remember? He was consenting to to Stephen's death, and so you you have to understand that that's not that not not your job. It's not anybody's job. No human's job. Jesus is head of the church, and he can take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. You know, respect him to do his job. You got me. But anyway. <clears throat> When we when we examine what God wants to do as far as rewarding faithfulness, that persecution is part and parcel of what you know we have to do. And there are people I had to go pray for, and they, you know, I, when praying for them, they confessed to me. You know, I said this about you, and know, I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry. And I, you know, and still couldn't get their healing for some reason. You know, condemnation of the devil's rough, folks. You don't want to go down that street because God can be there handing you a blessing and redemption and you can't get it because you let the devil fill your mind with so much nonsense and so that's a bad road bad street to get on don't get on that street you get off as soon as you can and start you know practicing your christianity god i forgive them they, you know i haven't hung on it they haven't hung me on a cross yet so i can forgive them you got me and just keep living for god but these things come with high persecution they do and so but God does have a reward system that rewards us according to our faithfulness and according to our effort so uh, many Christians we said have an entitlement mentality they strive to do the minimum you got me oh that's not my gift oh I can't <laughs> God hasn't blessed me to know that he hasn't told me I'm supposed to pray in tongues me, 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 me. Huh? we strive to do the minimum instead of striving to do the maximum if you have an inheritance why wouldn't you want to do more so that you can receive the maximum of what God has for you so <clears throat> and they don't really use their faith faith is like a trophy sitting up on a top shelf Instead of using it on a regular to strengthen it, they don't really use their faith to inherit because they feel they're entitled. Entitlement means you get it whether you put effort in it or not. It's just going to come to you. We don't have a welfare system. We have a kingdom system. There's no welfare here. And so we have to understand that God expects to see our faith active in our lives. And that pleases him. 
And when he's pleased, daddy will certainly give you what you desire. Hmm? Many times people who with an entitlement mentality are easily moved when things don't go their way. Once you toughen up to that and let the devil see you won't be moved by circumstances. He'll quit trying to poke you as much. And you'll get some challenges but you won't get that constant needling from him. That sometimes he will do when he knows people are going to to be moved. In an entitlement mentality serving is optional. Hmm? They'll look at people who go out and witness and say oh well you know she's such a blessing and they always want to put accolades and judgment on you but then when it comes down to them doing what God hasn't told me or God's not moving me or I don't feel led Hmm? soul winning is optional laying hands on the sick is optional most of them will tithe I found that the most legalists will tithe because they don't want they believe in the curse See, they think God's going to curse them if they, you know, they believe in a in a heathen type God. Their God is a heathen and not the God of the the whole world. They want maximum return for their legalistic obedience, not knowing that they're indebted to do all of the law if they're going to do some of the law. They get saved, they don't pray in tongues. They go to church, they give the minimum in the offering, but they want leadership, authority and power. And haven't met the requirements of faith. Hmm? See faith people are not hung up on authority or anything like that. Faith people generally will stay humble to God. So they so they can't get hung up on things. They start getting hung up. God will correct them and they come down from that. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 2. Paul says here, he says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but I spoke to you as carnal people, even as unto babes in Christ. So the entitlement person is somebody who has to be spoken to like a little, they can't handle a lot of, you know. It says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. You know, sometimes babies, when they start getting restless because they don't get full on the milk, you know, they got you got to transition them into maybe they'll shake a little rice cereal or something like that in the milk, get the milk a little thicker, but you can't give them meat yet because you know a baby will choke on it, doesn't have teeth. That's what Paul's talking about here. He says, "You are yet carnal, for whereas there are among you envying, strife, and divisions, aren't you carnal?" So whenever in in God's house there's envy, strife, and divisions, there's still a carnal. God can't give them anything big to do. You got me? So, you know, when we started this ministry, it was a school of ministry first. So the people that were that couldn't handle the prayer aspect left in a hurry. So, you know, we always kind of had smaller numbers because that was what we did. You know, if you didn't want that, you you know, if, if you couldn't, if they couldn't take over the prayer, they were upset. You know, the fact that our prayers are written down and they're prescribed already, they, they didn't like that. There's something else there they want. Well, they're babies. See, you'll strive over a discipline. Come on now. You're, you're, you're carnal. You're not spiritual. You're not a spiritual person. 
And so he says he has not been able to feed them with the meat of the word but the milk. The meat of the word is what makes you understand responsibility instead of entitlement. It makes you understand giving instead of getting all the time. And it makes you understand sacrifice. So people who can can palate and stomach and keep down aspects that have to do with requirement, sacrifice, responsibility versus the blessing end of the covenant all the time. We're going to get the word so we can be blessed. Hmm. They're the ones who can handle the meat of the word and can get their inheritance from God. See you don't get the inheritance. You're like a, a child in the house of God. A servant being no different than an heir as long as they're children. And so you'll have to stay under God's hand for a while. But then he can release you to greater things as you uh, accept that you have to be responsible in God's house. You, you know, you don't always have an excuse. Well, so and so did that, and I, I, he didn't tell me to do that. You know, first thing that comes out of irresponsible people's mouths. So the meat of the word is for people who are of age, who have exercised their senses to discern good and evil, is what what he says here. So you exercise your spiritual senses, you discern, and you choose the good and not the evil. The widow that Elisha visited is an example of someone. Now you can move from an entitlement mentality to the mentality of an heir. It's possible to do that. So it's not like you're stuck somewhere. But I did want to make sure you understood the difference. So you can see that you know all you have to do is have one thing happen in your life that you think is not fair. And you go to feeling sorry for yourself. You want to sit down and do nothing and let somebody take care of you. Oh that's entitlement. And we know that anybody can be tempted to move off of their inheritance. And just want to be taken care of because they feel like you know well I've been through enough no I was that way for a while I was that way when I first got saved and I've had opportunity to be tempted to sit there again and be mad at God why did this happen to me why don't you do something for me you know <laughs> not knowing that he already has so you you slap yourself get yourself in gear you do whatever you need to do Double up on your prayer. Double up on double up on something to get yourself out of that. You know, it's always what it takes. And so, uh, you know, it's you can visit that carnality, but don't let it dominate and rule. Don't start making decisions out of that. Don't start uh, doing impulsive things because that's a thought that comes to you. Uh, You must always keep it in the forefront of your mind that you are looking for God to speak to you and help you out of this. Got me? That's always got to be there for you. This is the way out and that comes in the Lord. So here we have this widow in Second uh, Kings chapter 4 and this woman uh, verse 1 there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets so there's an entitlement position if you ever got one you got me 
And so uh, she says, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know the servant did fear the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. And they're going to be taken as bondsmen. We're in debt. So she's whining to get out of debt. Okay. So what, what God wants to do is do more than get her out of debt. He wants to give her an inheritance. See, this is where we separate the men's from the boys's and the women's from the girls's. Can you accept that God has more in mind for you than what you have in mind for yourself? At this point, it looks like all she wants to do is complain. Life hasn't been fair. God's not fair. Look at that. My husband served you. We don't know if he did or not. He was a son of a prophet. And she's a widow of a son of a prophet. And she's got third generation sons of prophets. We don't know if they. You know. The PK syndrome. Preacher's kids act entitled. You know whether they know God or not really. You know there's that that mentality that can come to them. You know it's kind of a struggle to get them to be productive. And you can count on one hand sometimes the ones who have <clears throat> been able to come close to what the parents did. You know it's, it's not not many of them. See, because the enemy works overtime with this entitlement thing. And so you have to take into account the fact that God has high things for them and a high calling, but can they do what's necessary? It's always easier to take uh, take the easy way out because people will bless you because mom and dad serve. You got me? So you, people ride in on that. Takes a really strong parent to put them under discipline so that they know that they're paying the price and they'll get a legitimate inheritance from God. And so when we when we see that we realize that here it is third generation and they're starving to death. See? So now all they can look to is an entitlement. Sons of prophets often let the prophet do all the work. Mm-hmm. See, uh, remember the the uh, Elisha in the axe head that floated. You know, all they did was whine, Father, oh Father, come and do this. Uh, we can't do this. They whined. There wasn't enough room for everybody to live like they wanted to. So they decided they were going to build more places for them to dwell. And the axe head that was borrowed <laughs> didn't even have their own tools to build with. You got me? So here's entitlement. And so then then when it it fell in the river nobody I guess could swim or whatever and you know go down there and find it. They didn't want to do that. So we have here the picture of the entitlement mentality coming on servants who are supposed to be being trained to be prophets. Huh? Remember the prophet that gave the 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 uh, servant instruction, told him, "Don't stop, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other," and you know, and he was judged because he stopped. <laughs> a lion ate him up. Well, a prophet who won't obey the instruction of God is probably not worth a whole lot. You see what I'm saying? He was going to meet his demise one way or the other. So, so anyway, we we see here a picture of someone who has an entitlement mentality for a lot of different reasons. Creditors come. What are you going to do for me? 
And he says what do you want me to do? He said tell me what do you have? What do you have to contribute to this? Hmm? And see that's what people hate. That's when you get cussed out. That's when you get told off. Well you mean I've been giving an offering for all this time and you can't give me no money. Hmm? You know there are people that you see some of these churches big ministries that get sued. They're being sued by these kind of people that the entitlement people. They never really released it to God and expected God to give the return. I've seen people who are on the staff go to court and, and, and try and sue them for all their tithes back. You know because they gave instead of giving in faith they gave trying to manipulate to get a position. So they didn't get a return back from God. You got me? And so we have to be careful folks to understand that God has inheritance for us. But there are requirements and conditions on everything. The main condition is a life of faith obedience to God. Believe God and allow God to lead and guide you and and cut the shenanigans. And so here she's he tells her what do you have in your house. Now this is this is where the inheritance factor comes in. This is where God is taking her from being an entitled beggar and he's going to elevate her into position that he called her to. Faith is your elevation. Faith is always your elevation. Faith is always going to get you out of every jam. Faith is always going to provide an inheritance for you. Faith is always going to put you in the clear. Always. You hide your faith from God and you've sealed, put another nail in that coffin. Of debt, of doubt, of lack. You put a nail in there when you hide your faith from God. Well I don't have any money. What do you have? Hmm? Everybody has something. God endows all of us with something. When you don't have money, you give your time. I'm not. I started out with very little. I had a tight husband that wasn't a Christian. And I didn't have a job because I didn't have the ability to work a job. And God put me to work for him. See, God will hire, when, hire you when nobody else will. Uh huh. He will hire you when nobody else will, and you can anybody can donate hands, feet, a mind. I didn't have much of that to be honest with you. I, you know, I could concentrate a little bit. If I got my word, I was cool. But you, you understand what I'm saying? I had to crawl and get back to a normal mentality. <clears throat> But God had a place for me. Even when I didn't meet up to the world standard. He had a place for me. You got to remember that. Because there are many times when you won't meet up to the world standard. Your credentials might be obsolete or you may not have any. You might go to 14 job fairs and never get a call back. Got me? But God still has a place for you. And he will watch you to see if you are faithful. So quit the grumbling, quit the complaining, quit the whatever. And just serve where there's an open door for you to serve. You got hands, you got feet, you got a mouth, keep it shut. Unless you're speaking a word. You got me? (laughs) Let's do what this lady did. So she said she didn't have anything except a pot of oil. 
I believe by the Holy Spirit she told the truth because she was going to let it it was she really meant for there to be a period after that she didn't I don't have nothing I don't have nothing Uh, that means what I do have I'm keeping I'm not letting God know about it Uh, then he said go borrow vessels from your neighbors empty vessels and get a lot of them see this is elevating her expectation to that of an heir elevate your expectation to that of an heir well I know they they only pay so and so and such and such and I can get a raise in this time and a raise in that no elevate your expectation right now that's God the world system is always dealing with when natural doors open God can open a door for you anytime he can open a door for you anytime he care less about what your job says that they or they're not going to hire they're not going to open that department until so and so and they're not going to add people on until so I've seen more people lose their faith in God by listening to what the plan is in the natural for something they would be going along great believing God for a miracle he's going to create a job for me he told me I was going to make X number of dollars an hour I told him I needed this much to run my household on it to fulfill the plans that I have etc etc and they were doing fine until somebody told them they're going to start hiring over here where you're looking to go in X let me tell you what happens when that happens it's a challenge we don't see it as a challenge we see it as and many people see it as an answer to prayer and it's not let me tell you why because when you're believing God in his word and that's all you have your trust is totally in God who can create whatever you need you're doing fine believing God that I don't know how it's going to happen they say it's not going to happen until so and so but I'm believing you for any day now you're going to open the door for me to make more money and somebody some smarty comes over here and tells you well you know in three months they're going to open that up over there and you take your faith out of here and stick it over there and you have stopped God from creating that for you and you're relying you've taken your faith from supernatural faith to natural faith because you feel more comfortable with that and the creative process in God stops and I guarantee you they don't give you that job even though it opened up during that time or was supposed to oh they've had a delay or they have something else then you're mad at God because you're not getting what you thought you were praying for well you removed your faith from here and you put it down here in the natural trick of the devil you don't need to see diddly to believe God to give you increase you don't need to see nothing to believe God for increase and you don't have to have somebody coming to tell you when it's going to happen you don't need a date set on it all you need to do is keep your faith in God that's inheritance 
Because your inheritance comes on the schedule that's set between you and God. It doesn't come on man's schedule. In fact, when when you do get your promotion, people are quite shocked that they chose you. Because <laughs> they thought they had the inside track on everything. We thought we knew when it was going to happen. We thought, we, you know, why didn't they pick me? See, that's what I like. That's the kind of report I like. I like to hear the world's people confounded and the saints rejoice instead of the reverse. Because many times we see sinners get promoted and we wonder how in the world do these do they put up with this nonsense Hmm? just keep your faith over there where it's supposed to be so that's what the prophet is trying to get her to do get her out of the mentality of being entitled to something and just barely having enough to get by and he wants to put her in the inheritance that God has for her and her sons. And so you know the end of the story. She got obedient. She started using her faith. She took her faith out of her pocket and out of hiding it from God because she mad at God. Cause look at what he did to her faithful son of I was related to my aunt he was a prophet and you know all this kind of stuff and I'm supposed to be a high mucky muck in the church that kind of stuff so get out of entitlement distantly related to somebody important all that kind of nonsense just get out of the entitlement mentality and dust your faith off and start using it again you use your faith that's how you please God and you've got to please him for him to increase you so that's how she got out of that can can everybody see that she felt entitled first no matter what she was whining and begging and she had to get it because she was whining and begging and and was related to somebody and they had to take care of her no everybody's got to use their faith and you'll get a better inheritance if you use your faith somehow once you've accomplished and you've gotten that thing through legitimate means that leaves a different impression on you as a believer than you had before you got it you can't tell me it doesn't make a difference in you to know that you you plowed through that there was a resistance there you plowed through it and you made full recovery of what the enemy stolen it makes a big difference and when you're an overcomer and you can can wear that and you can know that then then you know that there's something that can't be taken away from you there's something put in there that's that's it's it changes you makes you different instead of sitting back waiting for something to happen or being afraid to make that next step you plow through there and keep be persistent be persistent because it'll pay off for you you know you you just can't lean back all the time and wait for things to happen there's something that you can do with your faith every minute of every day to chip away at that boulder to speak to that mountain to cause it to move some don't have a bunch of mountains surrounding you and you just ignore them and pretend like they're not there you got to attack those things you got to make them go with your faith so faith must be unlocked <clears throat> In order for you to receive your inheritance. Can't be a neutral. And you can't have a complaint mentality. You know it didn't work out wondering. Wondering. You know I, I tried it but I hit a standstill. And you just let it stand still. You got to go hit it again. Just keep hitting it. Hitting it. Hitting it. Hitting it. And hitting it. And it will fall. They don't fall the first time. 
And that's why oftentimes people don't receive because they only hit it once. You got to develop more spiritual muscle. You got to have more power. People who have an inheritance keep at it because they know what's behind that obstacle belongs to them. There's a knowing in you that that's yours. And you go and pursue it and you get what's rightfully yours. You're not trying to get something that hasn't been promised to you. This rightfully belongs to you. And that it doesn't belong to the devil. And it certainly doesn't. It's not under the authority of people in the world. I used to like that guy who's Obi Wan Kenobi. Huh? (laughs) The Obi Wan. Well, you know what he would do? He he did something one time. I said, "Oh, he no he didn't. Let me write that down. No, he didn't. He um he was he was talking to somebody. I think it was what's that what was that kid's name that he was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> well, I did like Mr. Darth Vader because it was Mr. James Earl Jones and I said, I do like the voice of Mr. But anyway, anywho, but uh, he was he was sitting there talking to Luke, and there was some you know some little of those little uh, uh, people they have you know some some little thing that they made up and stuck some hair on it and a robe and stuff yeah 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 and so and so uh, it, this guy was talking. And Obi Wan just sat there and thought something and put words in the guy's mouth. Yes. I thought, oh no, he didn't. He that cool? <laughs> and that's somehow the way I look at the way God does with sinners. They don't have the wisdom to to gainsay or resist the wisdom of God. They just don't have it. It ain't there. So God can get sinners to do anything toward us. He wants to. They have no power to resist if you pray and you use your faith. That's true. What do you say about the guy? He said they don't have a brains or mentality or something. They they can't resist it. They just say what you want them to say. And that is the way the world is. The wisdom of the world is so much beneath the wisdom. Well look at what people have done to the world. You think this is smart the way we live? Unless people can come in with the wisdom of God. But God will make sinners tell you whatever he wants you to tell them. You just have to get persistent in it and, and just refuse to let go on it. Amen. Just keep going. Keep talking to God about God. There's got to be a way for me to get this straightened out. Now this has got to be a way for me to do this. And he'll show you the way. <clears throat> you just got to get persistent. But you can't make a one time halfway faith effort just to see what's going to happen. And when nothing happens you quit. We don't have a kingdom of quitters. We have a kingdom of overcomers. And you're going to have to overcome a lot with your faith. Just so you can see how powerful it is. One day we'll all sit and and realize. Boy that faith in God was a real powerful investment in my life. Those years that I spent studying the word. And and meditating on the word. That boy that really paid off in my life. And using my faith. And so it, it is that way with inheritance. We must, the faith is the key that unlocks your inheritance. It always does. And through faith and patience, not just patience, 
But faith and patience. That faith has to be active to let you know it's right there. And patience helps you to endure what you need to until it can until the faith can get strong enough for it to manifest. So in Luke chapter fifteen we see the story about the prodigal. We pray pray about that all the time. People who and prodigals are, are people who start out with an entitlement mentality. And this young man was not really engaged in in a relationship with his dad. Well, we can see that from the way that uh, he eventually treated his father's hard-earned, you know, living. And so <clears throat> you see a kid that's uh, kind of estranged, but probably likes living that way. He likes the estrangement because one thing that estrangement does. It, it keeps you uh, from understanding responsibility. See when you get close to dad. You'll find out what dad's been doing all these years to take care of the family. And you'll find that dad gets up early. He goes to work without fail. He's not calling in sick all the time. He's not carrying on you know and all that kind of stuff. He goes there and he's faithful. And he's responsible. And so sometimes <coughs> kids don't know how to grow out of that mentality and get into a mentality of wanting to please please the father see there has to be a strong desire on the part of the one who's who's got the inheritance to please the one who's giving it you can't be detached uh, emotionally love wise <clears throat> anything from that by the one who owns you'll see people get disinherited because they don't have a relationship with their own flesh and blood you know the father or the kid that gets five dollars in the will they have to go look for him to find him because he didn't even want to go to the funeral you got me that kind of stuff so it it, it follows if natural people see things that way then it follows that that God would because it makes sense doesn't it make sense that if somebody doesn't value relationship with you if you leave them your home they don't think that way about your house you got me they just look at some place to live and as soon as I get a chance of moving out of here and blah this I won't keep it up whatever whatever you know there's tons of property like that a lot of the abandoned property you see in our cities third and fourth generation heirs that oh ooh, I have to go there oh we haven't lived there in years you know that kind of stuff and so but it is it was something that was of value to that person that left it to you and so it has to be respected because of relationship that you have with that individual it, it's got to be there folks and so when we have relationship a love relationship with God the Father then we'll be more respecting of the fact that he he gave his only son for you to receive this he's given a high price for you to get this I don't care what it looks like to you and your piddly eyes and so this boy here is is not 
in that kind of relationship with his father. See, he's moved away from that. Sometimes it's an, an offense that happens, and you know, we don't talk, we don't talk anymore. you know, I'm daddy, he ain't everything you think he is, and all this. Well, you ain't either, but you know, you're still living. Come on now, it's a nonsense, bunch of nonsense. So in Luke chapter 15. And verse 11, a certain man had two sons. Now, this is a picture of us versus Jesus in many ways. The older son, except that the older son here has a lot of, you know, negative, negative human attributes. But think about the faithful son that stays with the father versus the one that just wants what he wants. And let's get going. Let's get going. One of the things you'll understand in God is that you will never enjoy the blessings of God outside the covenant of God. You'll never enjoy the blessings of God outside of faith in God. And you'll never enjoy the blessings of God outside of the house of God. You just won't. There's a security, uh, an understanding of your position there, of of your place in God's heart uh, that you get when you assemble yourself with other believers. You can't take God's prosperity and run to the world with it. So many people have tried to do it. And, and and get in trouble with it, you know. It's just, uh, you know, the, the the minister that that pays for prostitutes or something like that. And he, you know, you, and they're selling your books and tapes. God's blessed you to be able to have a name, and and you take that money and you go give it to some sinner. You you know, you know absolutely not. That's not what that's for. That's not what God's inheritance is for. He follows it all the way down from generation to generation. So not only for you, but there will be heirs after you who will receive the promises and the wealth of God as well. It's not just, it don't stop with you. So quit thinking of yourself as the only one involved when you start praying for different things. Different blessings that God gives you. Uh, You know, different things since God gave us our home after I was saved I've never had a home where I just lived in just me and my husband you know it just always was shared with someone or always was open to the saints and it doesn't bother me I expect that you understand what I'm saying it's I'm not complaining that I don't have it all to myself you know that devil died a long time ago folks you just forget that forget that that's not what God has in mind he put you in an earthly family that's believers. You know, there's a called assembly of believers that he places you in. And and much of what is acted out in your life and your inheritance is acted out within the the parameters of that family as well as your natural family as well as the family of God worldwide. And so he places us in covenant, not just us but other believers as well, folks. It's just not about you. Please, please, it's not. It's really not. But he will take care of you. Take good care of you. Take excellent care of you. But he takes care of you within the context of family. You got me? So it's with faith and patience we inherit. And we see this guy is neither faith nor patience. He's entitled. So he has two sons. The younger said to his father, give. Entitlement people always are looking to get mm-hmm. not what can I sow 
in order that I can get something but give me something I got to have something I want it's always and see this is a reflection of who he is a person who who wants to have things given already has a lack mentality he's living in his father's house yet he feels poor he's living in his father's house yet he feels like an outsider he's living in his father's house but yet he does not feel like an heir it has not hit him yet who he really is it'll hit him later but it hasn't hit him yet see all of the teaching all of the preaching all of the listening and the studying sometimes does not make the impact with people that the challenge will See, you hit a man-made your self-made challenge. Sometimes it'll all—oh, it all makes sense now. I'm clear as a bell, and thank God for it. Amen. Thank God for it. And so <clears throat> he says, "Give me the stuff that I'm entitled to, man. Goods that fall to me. Give me my entitlement." So he divided to him his living. Not many days after it, okay. he waits. Makes his father think he's not going anywhere. He waits. Decides. See that temptation. You create your own test sometimes. Create your own temptation. Took his journey into a far country. Many times when, when you know people who have served God decide to backslide. They go as far away as they can. Well, I know if I turn homosexual they won't want me back in the church so I'm just going to do the ultimate bad thing so they won't want to touch me or say anything to me and then God will find somebody who's going to love you anyway he always raises up somebody you know, somebody's not scared of your sin and when he had spent all which didn't take long there arose a mighty famine mighty famine well he'd never seen one you know I mean a day without food might have been mighty to him you know because he'd never seen any hard times before know this that, that no matter how hard things get you know you might have loved ones who have fallen away from God or trying to resist it's not that bad it's just bad to them you got me because they, they haven't really lived in want and so he said began to be in want before it was just a mental condition now it's a natural reality eventually that which you think and believe in your heart will be your reality you keep thinking God's not fair you keep thinking God's not doing anything you keep thinking it's not any good to serve God you keep thinking that and that will become your natural reality at some point so he got desperate joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him in the field to feed swine now listen this is what you need when you don't know how to accept fatherly discipline you need a hard taskmaster it's good for you sure when you're in dad's house you couldn't wait to get out you thought all you needed was dad's money and you would be you know just be wonderful Huh? So go out and see what you get in the real world. Amen. We, you know, I mean, my, I can remember my parents saying stuff like that. You think you don't want to be here? You get out there in that world and see how good that world treats you. And they were right. And you could.
quick, fast, in a hurry, you started to pull thoughts. What did mama tell me to do? What did he say I should do? So you can make it. Uh, and so he would have feed his belly with the husks and all that kind of stuff. In verse 17, he finally came to himself. Verse 17 is key because he realized he wasn't a beggar anymore. He was an heir. Came to himself and realized that he was an heir. So in the mentality of, of, of entitlement there was no sense of personal responsibility. He didn't have to contribute anything even his faith. Mm-hmm. Responsibility, personal responsibility is an offense to the entitled person. When you think you've been treated wrong and you're entitled to better and somebody's take keeping it away from you, God's not giving it to you. Huh? It's an entitlement mentality. It's very tempting to step over there. And this mentality fights against the spirit. It's immature and it's wasteful. And that's what he did. He wasted his material resources. But he wasted spiritual resources as well. Whenever you're not there doing your job for God, you're wasting spiritual resources. It's just true. He finally got down to where he thought he where he really was. He got down to being a servant and a beggar. And he realized something inside of him came up and said, Now wait a minute. I can do better than this. That's the best awakening sometimes we can have. The awakening that, you know what? I used to feel like I was a victim. I used to feel like daddy wasn't fair. But you know what I realized is the servants of my father's house live better than this. You know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord to be in a high place with wicked people. You got me? And so he comes to himself and realizes that he's really not a beggar. He's an heir. He said, I've looked at servants who were less than me, had less promise than me and they live better than what I'm living now and that's that's a good place to be so he came to himself and he measured himself against a mere servant and realizes that he had never considered himself to be an heir but a wage worker that's what he thought I'm in here and I'm doing everything for daddy he ain't paying me I'm gonna get my money and leave got me mentality entitlement has a can't wait mentality Heirs are content and secure in the knowledge of what they possess, even though they can't get their hands on it. See, that's us. Our inheritance is in the realm of the of glory. You don't get your hands on everything, but you're content knowing it's out there for you. Then God has it reserved for you. And if you continue walking with God and you obey God, you will surely recover it. You will surely get it. You will surely inherit it. And he won't cheat you. You got to have the right mentality about God. You got to have the right understanding of who He is. He doesn't. He's not withholding anything from you. He's not shortchanging you. But He's making you qualify. Well, see, that's what turns a lot of people off. But that's the only system we got, folks. Is the one where you qualify in God. And this is true faith for an inheritance where you're secure. And the knowledge of what you have even though you don't have it yet. You can be secure in the knowledge of that. And there's a confidence in our faith that makes you unshakable when you're an heir. 
when you know you have it when you know he's promised it to you you're not easily moved you just continue on you can serve you can you know be cheerful and joyful you can bless people you can give your last you can give sacrificially and do it with joy and be thankful for the opportunity to give be thankful that God has chosen you because your life does not consist of what you eat drink and wear only but it's consistent in your relationship that you have with the Father. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us understanding, Lord. We don't want to be entitled people. Because we realize the entitlement is just barely living. But you called us to so much more. Now we thank you for that calling, Lord. We thank you for blessing us to know that and to make that our contentment. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody wants prayer and come over.